welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hey everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. And we're here at the Vive 2023 conference, and our guest is Kathy Ford, Chief Product and Strategy Officer at Ronin. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited for today's discussion, but tell us a little bit about yourself and Ronin. Sure. So I have been in healthcare for over 30 years now, uh, really delivering solutions across a continuum, uh, regulated and non-regulated in about 50 different countries. Uh, yes. So uh, at this stage, and I've done all sorts of things from sales to marketing, but most of that of those 30 years has been innovating in healthcare. Uh, and I'm especially passionate about bringing solutions that truly do make a difference in healthcare. We have many things to solve, of course. Uh, and so, which is why Project Ronin is really near and dear to my heart and, and such a, a great a great uh, focus to, to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, we're here at Vive, one of the hottest, most annoying topics, let's be honest, to an organization, you know, is, is the workforce shortage. Yes. How can the healthcare organizations work strategically to address this workforce shortage? Yeah, it really is a crisis, actually, uh, that uh, isn't going away. In fact, it's only worsening. Uh, we certainly saw the effects of that with COVID, uh, but we're nowhere near recovered. And again, uh, in desperate need of, of ways to, to close this gap. And you know, we look at it as technology is, is the key to that uh, in order to address it. So you can't overnight sort of uh, create new clinicians. Uh, there is a cycle that goes with that. And so you know, how else can you solve this problem? What you need to do is take all the low level tasks out of the hands of the clinicians so that they are focused on the most critical needs that really their expertise only can address and leave the rest of it to technology. I think I'm gonna wait for the song. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I'm gonna pause right there. <laughs> pause right there. It'll be over in a second. It's just the intro. Yep. <laughs> I mean, is a football game starting? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. The interesting thing is, yeah, should we ask? Yes, uh, it, it's looking at what are the, the most painful uh, problems in healthcare that need to be solved, and technology should focus there first, uh, because what we know in healthcare is change is hard, uh, and change is a burden, actually, uh, even if it, it makes some things a little better. What, what technology, the best technology solutions essentially take away those pressures and uh, make it easier for clinicians to engage with patients. And we, because now we know also patient care is moving out of the four walls and we're treating patients where they live and meeting them where they are. And so you really want technology solutions that also are engaging, easy to use and create that, that technical or virtual connection so the patient is engaged in their care, participating, the clinician can't do it by themselves. And so you really do need to bring that patient in and along. And that alone, that will reduce some burden. A lot of the burden that clinicians, especially in oncology, because cancer is such a brutal disease, they're really closely connected to their patients and they want to be available 24 seven. And oncology is one of those really unusual diseases where we actually have to make patients sicker to get them better. 
And so when that happens, of course, a whole bunch of adverse events typically occur as well as a part of that, which leave patients often confused, unsure whether it's expected. And so technology is a fantastic tool in order to help ease that patient's concerns, uh, manage their expectations, deliver education, and keep them on a regular cadence, making sure that they're adhering to their medications and to their regimen and staying on course for treatment. That's one of the recipes for a better outcome scenario, and that also reduces the burden uh, to a clinician. I love that. It's, I've never heard someone say change is a burden because it is a burden until it solves the problem and improves other areas. Yes. So it's fascinating to think about. You know, and we saw IBM Watson. It was the sexy thing on the block, you know, the Jeopardy, everything like that. And it was an early clinical AI effort that kind of fell flat, to be frank, you know, like, but what did we learn when it comes to the state of AI and, and in particular cancer care, since, you know, Ronan focuses on that? Yeah. And where are we now? Uh, the IBM Watson and some other pursuits obviously was an interesting uh, scenario, but it was also quite a while ago. And so it was honestly early days for uh, machine learning and uh, AI. And so some maturity was lacking, like machine learning ops uh, is you know standard fare for any technology company. That did not exist then. So really the production element of what it takes to bring machine learning and AI into a commercial environment, into a clinical setting, uh, and have it run you know, as expected. It, it just the maturity of technology wasn't there, and IBM was not in a place to, to implement that. Um, there, were also, there was also, uh, from, from my perspective, you know, what Ronan does is we enable the clinician to make the best decision at the point of care, uh, leveraging data system of intelligence uh, versus Watson sort of had these claims around um, giving decision uh, recommendations. And, you know, that's, you know, we do not believe that AI is going to replace a clinician at all. What we want to do is leverage AI and machine learning to enable better decisions, more precise decisions at the point of care. But ultimately, the decision is made best by the clinician and not by a computer. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, the evolution as you talked about it. But talk to me about what are the benefits of using a clinical intelligence software like Ronin for patients and for oncologists? What a lot of people don't realize is when a patient is diagnosed with cancer, their medical oncologist or their care team is really left with limited options as far as how to determine what the right treatment course is initially, and really even more than initially. And so what is typically used is a standard guideline that is based on millions of patients that's reviewed a couple times a year, changes very infrequently, but it's based on general patient population. It has absolutely zero relativity to the, the patient specificity or anything unique about that patient. And so a system like Ronin and what Ronin does specifically is it puts cohort specific information in the hands of the clinician so that when they're looking at treatment decisions for the patient, they can understand patients like Mary with who 
are similar in comorbidities and social determinants in hundreds of different unique data types have had this sort of outcome. Patients like Mary that match have, and then with incoming, say, lab data value changes, have been at high risk for presenting to the emergency department. It's prediction and it's uh, more patient precision that systems like Ronin and what Ronin does really well, uh, that we deliver that to clinicians. So they're not making general decisions about a patient, they're making something way more specific, uh, which is where we need to get to because we're all very unique people. And it's why, and what we, you know, what we don't want to do is spend time trying first treatment line. Oh, well, that didn't work. Six, eight, 12 weeks later, we're going to try something else. We're going to try something else. That's problematic on a number of fronts. First and foremost, you are putting at risk, uh, you know, a survivorship outcome, of course, as time is passing. So time is the enemy, especially in cancer care. So the best treatment as fast as possible, that's Ronan's focus. Number two, when you are trying different treatments, treatment one, treatment two, treatment three, treatment is expensive. It's incredibly expensive in oncology, especially. Drugs are 65% of the cost of care in oncology. So if you are sort of trial and erroring this for patients, you are also affecting their ability to pay and just the general cost of care. And so the more precise we can get as fast as possible, that's better for both patient and you know, our economic system, which is in crisis, of course, in healthcare. Sure. Well, I think what's interesting is hearing you talk about that precision, you really need AI to do that, right? So talk about how that's changing the game, changing the experience, you know, and the key that AI is for these types of solutions. You know, there's so much data in healthcare that is just, that is unleveraged. Uh, however, the data is also unclean, <laughs> uncorrelated, non-contextualized, uh, and unique in every system, even though it may be referring to the same thing, uh, said slightly differently, uh, or used in a slightly different way. And so you actually have to use technology to make sure that everybody's talking about the same thing and that it's understood the same way. So when a patient complains about something, uh, are they feeling nauseated or you know, do they just have a question about nausea? You know, so and that's a very simple example, but you know, when, you are, when somebody's trying to interpret notes and try to understand what is really going on, it's, what AI is doing is basically taking what clinicians are doing in spreadsheets, you know, they're pulling all this information out and they're trying to basically do their own problem solving in the way that they were taught. And so what AI is doing is taking all of that, that really complex data, organizing it in a way that makes some sense of it, and then using it to then, the model then is looking and saying, here's the trajectory of this, of this information about the patient. Because we're, we all, you know, sort of wish for, but it really is a reality with the the evolution of AI and when it's done correctly is we can get to prevention and we can certainly get to a better prognosis faster. Uh, you know, about 50% of, of almost all cancers are, are preventable. So how is it that cancer is still on the rise? And we have, you know, the U.S. happens to have a really high volume of cancer patients, you know, within the world. 
and we're the most advanced nation in the world. And so, you know, we're out of balance. So, you know, we know healthcare is really risk adverse as it relates to technology, understandably so. Uh, however, now is the time, and especially in cancer, we cannot wait. It needs to be now. Not one person I've ever met uh, is not affected by cancer in some way, whether personally or family and or friends. And so uh, we actually, it's, it's urgent. We have to leverage technology now. We have to use what it can do. And what it can do today and what Ronan is doing today is we're keeping patients out of the emergency department uh, in avoidable scenarios. Uh, so sometimes patients still need to go. But if a clinician knows that they are elevating or escalating, then they can intervene and make an educated determination about what is best for that patient right there. Uh, and so that's where AI in the very in, right now can have an immediate effect. And then as AI gets smarter, as we continue to validate what it means uh, in our industry to be safe and ethical, uh, then, and as we are ingesting more data into these models, then we can get to more, more patient-specific preci precision and then get to the path to preventative. Yeah, let's dive into that a little more because I think it's great that, and then you're right, today we can do that, right? And it's, it's great that AI can make an impact today but where do you see as like the most promise? Is it for that personalization? And, and where do you kind of expect the field to evolve in the next, say, five to 10 years? You know what doesn't exist today in healthcare? And that I've been in it for 30 years. I haven't seen it in any solutions, whether it's in cancer or not, are solutions that enable the clinician to factor in a patient's values, a patient's interests. So especially in something like cancer, a cancer diagnosis, and especially later stage, oftentimes patients have their own personal desires about their care that are very non-care oriented. They are things like their, their lifestyle or um, you know, personal, uh, personal elements. Like, I wanna, I wanna just be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. I just need to get there. That's my, that's my patient goal. And there are no tools that say, okay, tell me more. What can you tolerate? Can you, do you need to work every day? Can you afford $10,000 a month? Those tools don't exist today. However, uh, technology like AI and machine learning absolutely can put those tools in the hands of clinicians. And that's exactly where Ronan is focused. And that's exactly what is uh, the future for our solution. And we'll take it outside of cancer as well. Cancer happens to be one of, if not the most complex disease uh, to manage. It's you know, very complicated, very complex, uh, very expensive. And, uh, and so we feel like how we're building out the solution really delivering significant value in, in oncology will enable us to then uh, bring that into other chronic diseases like chronic kidney and CHF and others. Um, but we look at, I mean, the patient's always in the center for us, uh, of course. And uh, the urgency, again, as I said, as far as getting it into the hands of clinicians as fast as possible. Uh, our co-founders, part of the early vision for Ronan was, uh, you know, 
why is it that only people that have you know either the financial wherewithal or the physical proximity to a place like MD Anderson get the best care? And you know what about everybody else? And why not everybody else? And the way you do that is you use technology and you put that in the hands. You put the best tools so that clinicians anywhere in the world can make the best decision about that patient and with all the insights. So they know everything to consider and then they can make the best decision. What a powerful idea. I've literally never heard anyone say, have we incorporated patient preference into the AI and the decision making, which could be part of the care plan, right? If it's walked it down the aisle, maybe I treat them a different way than I want to live as long as possible, which could be a different preference. Yes. What a fascinating idea. Yes. I you know, need to use my fingers every day. I cannot handle neuropathy. And uh, so I need a different treatment type that uh, will not prevent me from continuing to do what I've done for 30 years as a career. Yeah. You know, we, we do this and doctors do this, right? I mean, I go to my sports medicine doctor who I consider my uh, primary care doctor and I, he knows that I want to play sports and he's going to treat me different than someone else who does it. Like exactly. we should do that in across all factors exactly, of care, right? not just because he's my friend. Right. <laughs> and why not have a tool that is using data to surface essentially yeah. those considerations. Because how does the doctor understand that if you know they don't have time to go through all that? Exactly, issue. they don't. And especially as it relates to treating a, a, an oncology patient, if you think about the mental burden that that doctor is going through when they're seeing you, they are looking at first before they even see you, they need to understand your last labs and what are your values? Are any of them out of range compared to also then the labs before uh, what was the latest pathology have you had any imaging done have you reported any symptoms did you go to the emergency department they are hunting this information down within the hr uh, did somebody make any notes is it in a clinical encounter is it in another encounter type where in the world and it's literally a fishing expedition through their ehr which is a system of record uh, but not really designed to uh, deliver a hierarchical, you know, clinical experience by design for that. So what Ronan does is by lifting all that, and we we are the hunters of all the data through the EHR. It sounds really simple, like we're just pulling it, but again, you have to contextualize it, clean it up, organize it, and then put it in a way that a clinician, how they're thinking. So they're thinking longitudinally about this treatment. They want to understand the stage of the cancer that the patient's in, and they need to see it all literally immediately. It's their command center. And so what Rona does is we take what's usually 30 to 40 minutes of hunting down to understand what has happened to this patient. Because again, you're, you're weeks in between seeing a patient, so sure. and you see lots of patients. So imagine doing 30 to 40 minutes of hunting and, and per, yes, and per <laughs> patient, and you see 20 patients in a day, versus one click of Ronin that's embedded in the EHR, so completely integrated. So you click one tab that says Ronin, whether you're CERN or Epic, doesn't matter. And everything that you would spend 45 minutes, you can see it and digest it in, in less than five. And so now if you're the last patient of the day, poof, <laughs> it's not, you're, I mean, in fairness, in sitting and watching oncologists do their work, how exhausted they are by the end of the day and you completely understand it. And in all honesty, there have been clinicians that literally have been brought to tears when they look at Ronan because they've said, I 
know I have missed some information on like biomarkers. If you've ever seen a biomarker report, it's a ton of information. And you are looking for that one value that is you know, sort of like the, the needle in the haystack. And this clinician saying, I know I missed that value. And this patient would have had a different outcome. It was in palliative care, unfortunately. Uh, and so being brought to tears to say, if I had Ronin, I wouldn't have missed it because Ronan was going to bring that forward to me in this view where I need to see everything. And so, you know, that's an, obviously an unintended error, but that's also healthcare. And that's where we need technology to remove all of those unintended errors because, you know, people are also people, human beings. So. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, this is incredibly insightful and exciting that, you know, these solutions are coming to help these oncologists and doctors out there. So thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. And thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you, John.